Greetings. This is Rocker from the Dare Dudes. This summer, we bring to you a series of campfire scary tales so that you can enjoy a blazing fire, the vastness of the wilderness, the sounds of nature, and your own dark imagination. Let's get started. Our first tale. Love, Misha. Let me tell you about my last camping experience. Oh, about 20 years now. Today, I'm married with two beautiful kids. One boy, one girl. And I'll tell you now why I don't send them to camp. In Troop 4545, in the 8th grade, there weren't a lot of Boy Scouts left. We started strong, but as time went on, you lose a few kids here and there to sports, Peer pressure, pure boredom, what have you. What's left of us was Elliot, Dan, Connor, and myself, Lewis. Admittedly, I was a shy, introverted kid, geeky and nerdy, into my comic books, my regular books, my science kit, in all things far beyond nature. That one night was our first sight, uh, our first night in a new site. Apparently there was an issue with our usual spot. And so we weren't able to get that. Shockingly, we were able to secure a remote location last minute at a friend of a friend's of a friend's place. You know how that goes. As I discovered years later, this wasn't even a claimed property site. We were well far from the beaten path. In fact, we had settled on a piece of unclaimed land far, far remote from anything remotely civilized. We all thought it was a prank of some sort, some wilderness place in the middle of nowhere can't possibly be a campsite for young men. Well, as we did, we cleared some brush laid out our tents, set out a campfire, and got to uh, what Boy Scouts do. The fire was roaring, circled some dead logs around it to sit on, and uh, by sundown, felt like 9,000 degrees out. 
It was one of those hot, steamy days that turned to a hot, steamy night that just did not cool down. And that's when the fun began. I was the unfortunate soul to have my dad as a scout leader. I saw him twice a month as per divorce agreements three and a half years ago. He was insistent on that I became a Boy Scout to toughen me up, to be a man, live off the land, all that macho bullshit. All this did was torment me. I wasn't friends with any of these guys. We had nothing in common. I was forced to be there every goddamn minute. They called me mama's boy. Um, behind the scout leader, Terry's back. Terry, my dad. These assholes threatened to cut my manhood off if I squealed. They hazed me, they belittled me, they berated me. They call me Louis Bluus, Little Sweet Louis Cakes, Four Eyes, Dr. Spock, you name it. I took it like a champ and swallowed every damn piece of degradation, counting the hours until I was able to go home. Tonight was different. My dad decided abruptly to check out a sound, a concerning sound in the dense forest. Not even a minute or two upon leaving, Dan connected a right cross into my cheek. My glasses went flying and I was out cold. When they came to, I was tied up onto a tree trunk about 15 feet from the fire. It looked like a glossy orange wheel in my concussive haze and without my glasses. A squirt of stale urine splashed on my face, straightened me out, just as Connor said it would. Then behind, a blurry figure was shoved right into my face. I gasp. No, please, God, no. How did they find out? As soon as I realized they were taunting with my raggedy but beloved stuffed toy, Misha. Misha had been with me before I could remember. My grandfather gave it to me before he passed away. It was his when he was a little boy and he endured the scourge of the early days of communist Russia. He had told me in his broken English that it was special, powerful, and that my only true friend I will ever have. I think he knew his daughter, my mom, and my dad were on the rocks and soon on the outs. He gave it to me for comfort. It was special. Never before had I even seen another doll like it. It had an outer layer tougher than leather. The paint was faded. The stitch frayed. But I swear to God it spoke to me, sang to me to sleep, comforted me. I have never felt more love than Misa, than Misha in my arms. They took turns jeering at me. What a sissy boy. What a weirdo. What a freak. I cried out for them to stop, to put down Misha, to stop hurting me. They didn't care. 
They poked me with red-hot ends of sticks from the fire. They punched my gut, my face, my cheek. I couldn't breathe. I was choking my own phlegm and blood. My vision got blurry, so blurry. Later I found out that they actually broke my right orbit of bone with a rock. But only one thing was unmistakable. In the distance was a dark figure. Beside some trees that Connor had run off to meet this figure, I wondered, where was my dad this whole time? There's no way he could have been gone. For what, half an hour, an hour? Why wouldn't he come help me? How could he allow this to happen? Where was he? They were going to kill his son, and he didn't give a goddamn shit if they did. I was beaten, tortured, ridiculed, abandoned. I am so fucked. Just about to pass out, that dark figure approached, stepped slow and purposeful. My heart pounded, resonating with deafening beats. I don't recall even breathing. I was numb and sure as shit that I was going to die. Then a gentle hand caressed my swollen cheek and moved through my blood-soaked hair. He said to me, Son, this had to be done. Your mom has made a mockery out of my boy. Trust me. You're better for this. A man. A man scared of nothing. A man who will put away all those young foolish things in his baby days. As my father did to me, so I do to you. It's the only way I'll get you out of sucking her fucking rotten nipple. And man up. I was petrified, heartbroken, confused. I'm pretty sure I soiled myself. Then he unsheathed a blade, that unmistakable sound of metal slicing through the air. I didn't even need to see it. I knew it was Lulu, his favorite hunting knife. Yeah, he called it, caressed it, loved it more than he would ever have loved me. As it cut through the air, it whistled and scared the bejesus out of me. I curled up as much as I could, bracing for certain death. But when I felt the throbbing of my wounds and no new ones, no piercing cut of my flesh and bone, I cracked my one good eye slowly and realized the rope that had bound me lay swirled around my ankles and feet. What? 
he had freed me. My hands were free. My arms were free. I, I was more scared than ever. Before I could process anything, he spoke again, proud and affectionate. The only thing left for you here on your glorious rite of passage is to toss this piece of baby shit girly toy into that roaring blaze and finally be done with all this horse shit. He tucked Misha into my belly as a quarterback handing the rock to his star running back would. And then he stepped aside and extended his hand towards the roaring fire. I stood frozen, forcing myself to breathe. I could not inhale an ounce of air. He placed his meaty hand on my shoulder and gave me a slight nudge. I shifted towards, forward a step or two and then stopped. My one working eye widened as my other eyelids strained. I looked down to Misha and felt a sadness and fear. More petrified than mine. My dad cracked a horrible silence. On with it! His voice hardened from that gentleness just a few minutes ago. I inched forward, buying time as I was thinking what to do. I scanned around. Connor was by my dad's side, as though he would be the proud son instead of me. He leaned on a huge branch carved out into a spear. Elliot and Dan were on the other side of them. Dan was wielding a hatchet, a very hatchet that we used to cut the wood. And Elliot was palming a rock, no doubt the same rock that broke my eye. As I slowly approached the fire, I swore. I heard Misha talk to me. Misha screamed through the crackling blaze. Run. I know I was tired, badly hurt, but I swear Misha spoke to me. I froze as Misha spoke again. Don't look back, just run. Then a cold gush swept through the trees. Put out the fire. Nearly knocked me down. And then I ran. Hovering over me were a rush of hundreds of dark shadows. And the cold, not a cold of winter, not a cold of an arctic frost, cold like death. The next morning, 
park rangers found me about three miles out from our campsite. I was badly injured. I was cradling Misha and I was unconscious. Later, I spent months in rehab for both physical and emotional trauma. They never found the bodies, but they said there was blood and flesh everywhere. DNA tests proved positive for all the missing victims. The fire pit was a mess and there was scorched earth in a 16 foot diameter. And that is why I always keep Misha near to me and my kids at all times. I let them play with toys and enjoys, enjoy the wondrousness of youth in however they see fit. And Misha is my best friend still to this day. Now, who wants some hot dogs? Sleep well. Thank you to like and subscribe. And continue listening as we bring you a scary campfire story each week throughout the summer. Thanks for listening to the Dead Are Dudes and our love of horror continues. Have a good night.